Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Scott Cluthy's Love Cafe. Join us for the best in relationships, family, health, well-being, spirituality, intuitive development, the future, and the past. All present in the Love Cafe. The Love Cafe call in line 347-308-8478. That's 347-308-8478. And now, Scott Cluthy's Love Cafe. Yes, live from the uh, North Pole today in Houston. <laughs> it's it's not supposed to get this cold in Houston, but then again, we had the flood of all-time history in the U.S., so Houston's taken its share, fair shares. But we are live on this Tuesday evening here on Blog Talk Radio, live in the Love Cafe, so I'll just grab my uh, cappuccino and pull up a chair and share a wonderful time with my guest this evening. Always exciting to connect with him. We have over the years. It's uh, Joe Nunziata, and Joe, welcome back to now Love Cafe Radio. Thank you so much, Scott. So great always to be with you. Well, you know, I was really glad, really, when you reached out at the time you did, saying, hey, I've got my new book coming out. I'd like to come on the show, because, frankly, I'd been in a bit of a tailspin, so busy working on the one hand and so much life going on that I kind of, you know, we go through cycles in life, and, and that's something I also want to reflect on in this great conversation about your new book, uh, Chasing Your Life. A Spiritual Journey from Stress to Success and Peace. It's a great thing. Just launched like yesterday. Uh, I guess the, this is the, the latest uh, update and new edition. And uh, Chasing Your Life, Dear Listeners, explores the innate human desire to chase external accomplishment and material possessions in an effort to become fulfilled. <laughs> you know, you can never get enough of what you don't want or need most of the time. But anyway, by the way, I want to invite you out there, my about almost half a million listeners and no callers. Come on, guys. If I have a psychic on, the lines are all lit up. But in the meantime, I love you. I love you. Give a call tonight with a question or comment for Joe Nunziata, if you will. would love to, because you're so thoughtful. I mean, you guys ask great questions that I forgot to thunk. So the call-in line is always the same, 347 347- 308-8478 for Love Cafe. Your host, Scott Cluthy, my special guest, Joe Nunziata, and uh, Chasing Your Life. And Joe has done so much work over the years. In 1992, he really launched himself with his uh, his seminars, his books, and so on. He's a spiritual life and business coach, best-selling author, professional speaker. Uh, his uh, programs are a pretty unique blend of spirituality, psychology, and philosophy, and the power of internal energy. Never underestimate the power of having your internal energy headed in the direction of your choice, head in the direction of your dreams, young man and woman. And, uh, and, and it's great to have him on. He also authored Karma Buster. We did a show on that, spiritual selling. We talked about that, finding your purpose. I remember doing that. And no more nine to five. So Dolly Parton wasn't on the show that day. And, <laughs> and it's, great, it's great to have you, Joe. And you wrapped a very personal and intimate story uh, about your dad, uh, who was uh, a New York City narcotics detective, but so much more than that. I mean, that's just, you know, that's the doing this thing. Uh, but really, the doing this that he applied to what happened to him in that whole story of his life, you've woven through this great book, uh, 
points actually to the motivations we have. I mean, it points to his internal motivation for what he was, you know, what he was chasing, chasing your life. And I, I Joe, I, I just, you know, I read every paragraph. This is the way it always is with me. I, I'm such a freaking sensitive uh, New Age dude. I read, I read a paragraph or a page of a great author like yourself or some work, and then all I do is see myself, whoa, whoa, whoa. But then it's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So it is always rewarding to read the words of others who are inspired, who are uh, enlightening, uplifting, and, and pointed in toward the values you know that, that I strive for because it's always a reminder to myself of who I am and what my true purpose is. And, and we even, uh, we'll talk about that, about karma. Uh, so, hi there. Great to have you here. Thank you. So, you know, always great. And, you know, I'm a little, I have a little psychic ability myself, so I'll tell your friends to call in because I do read people's energy and help them clear energy. So we can do that too. <laughs> well, I listen to the show under spirituality because it's a big, it's a big pile of mashed potatoes. I know when you're on, so so you can do that too. Three four seven three zero eight eighty four seventy eight. And of course, I'll take my own reading later if you don't. Uh, but um, so that that your your chapters really tell a great story, and and it is important to to focus on the thematics here uh, of chasing your your chasing your life. And uh, I, I wasn't even, a, I think, for me, coming out of a family of 12 kids, uh, nine kids, boy, I really did the Brady Bunch there, nine kids, raised in the Air Force where I was in the middle, and everybody else always got to the dentist before me because the, my teeth were always great. And, and I was a nice guy, of course, and smiled a lot, but I know that deficit eventually added up toward... Um, like not being the one chosen, you know what I mean? Not maybe it's kind of like not being good enough, and so I I, I probably got into spiritual radio and, and all these things mainly for myself, my own edification of trying to learn about life and myself, and 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 on that pathway, chasing that part of my life, discovering that in fact, hey, everybody likes me, and darn it. I'm a good guy, like in the old Saturday Night Live mirror joke, except it wasn't a joke to me. It took a long time for me to convince myself I was a good guy, not like evil good, but just worthy. And I think that your father's story uh, reflected uh, that self-worth chase, and and maybe is all of chasing your life a lot about some valuation of self-worth in some way. In other words, when I have that, when I become that, when I do that, then I will have arrived. Yeah, I think, you know, when we look at it, you know, there's an innate chasing in us anyway because as human beings we do want to, you know, cr- accomplish something, create something, improve our lives. That's kind of built into us anyway. But what ends up happening is, the, the real crux of, of the issue for all of us, and it's part of the human experience, is the self-love and really just loving yourself. So we go out because we don't know how to do that, and we don't receive the love at home that we require. And this is nobody's fault. It's just part of being human. And then as a result of that, you kind of go out and say, well, I learned that 
if I do these X, Y, and Z, I'm going to receive these accolades and this love and this attention that I'm desiring. So I'm going to, that kind of becomes, becomes the catalyst. That's kind of how you start the chasing. And then you go out and you say, well, yeah, I'm going to get good grades. I'm going to be on the team. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And it, as it continuously doesn't make you feel the feeling, because it's really about the feeling that you're looking for. You're really looking for the feeling, this feeling of love. So right. every time you do something externally, even if you get it, and it gives you the feeling maybe temporarily, it doesn't last. And then you go back and say, well, uh, maybe the next thing will do it. And you, get, you kind of trap yourself in that cycle. And, and you, this is where most people live, unfortunately, most of their lives. Certainly my father did. And as a result, uh, you know, be, 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 your dad, uh, uh, this started earlier, though. You know, he was a gifted athlete, wasn't he? He was a gifted athlete in a family of, <laughs> wow, uh, you can't, I don't know about, I don't know how your family could, or his family could match the the way that the Cluthies carried on. Everybody <laughs> was on the freaking stage at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But his there was, was athletics, was. wasn't it? Well, he was. You know, they were all different. He was the youngest of 12. So obviously by the time, you know, my uncles would tell me, by the time he came along, my grandmother at that time in the 30s was already in her 40s, which was unheard of. And so now his sisters and his brothers who were in between kind of raised him. The mother was gone, you know, out of his life. It left a tremendous void for him because he didn't get the, the attention from the mother that he needed and that really is what drove him. As it turned out, most of his brothers, you know, they were all, they all did different things. He was a, a very good baseball player at a time in New York when baseball was, of course, everything. You had the New York Giants, you had the Dodgers, Brooklyn Dodgers, and the Yankees. And he ended right. up getting, he was an all-star player in high school, and he ended up getting a select, he, he got signed by the New York Giants farm team. So, So that was kind of his, beginning of saying well once I become like a baseball player and I'm known then I'm going to receive this love so it's kind of started obviously much younger as a child trying to get the mother's attention and the love and then started with the baseball and then that didn't work out and then he went from there so it was it was kind of this constant feeling and I remember even though I was young when he passed he always had that kind of nerve that kind of edginess of I need to do something to get this Thing, whatever it was that he was looking for, was always he always had that unrest. And I think that's one of the, the things that a lot of people carry around because they're trying to get something or do something, and it never works, and it's, it's very frustrating. Yeah, I know somebody who used to move all the time. I mean, all the time, yeah. you know, like every two years at least. They were moving somewhere yeah. else. And I mean, not like they were – but they were just moving, like from building to building or apartment to apartment or whatever. It's like it didn't make any sense. And and we do substitute activity or busyness for uh, for what? Well, the, the the busyness and the activity is really a way to avoid how you feel. So what we've learned to do, in in certainly in this country, is we have a, a number of different things. Obviously, we numb ourselves with drugs and alcohol and substances or food, and then we also find ways to keep ourselves busy or create create drama or upset so I could not sit quietly and really deal with my own issues. And the moving is just one of them. I had a woman who did a, all she did was do home repairs. 
So she would renovate the kitchen, finish the kitchen, go on to the next room, go on to the next, then, then do the furniture. Then do the, oh, so man. Like, you know, you have to stop. And the minute she finished, it was almost like she would find something, oh, let me do something outside now because it was, that was her way. And, you know, we all have it if, if we don't do the work on ourselves. That was her way of not dealing with her emotional issues that were causing her pain. So we have to look at ourselves and say, am I doing this? Is this what I'm doing not to... You know, obviously, if you're moving because you maybe you got a job or you're moving for a purpose, but to just do it because you you wanted to have something to do to amuse yourself or distract yourself, that's not a good way to go. You know, you've been doing this work, and, and by the way, dear listeners, you'll seem to love Cafe. Your host Scott Cluthy live on Blog Talk Radio. My great guest is uh, Joe Nunziata, and the new book Chasing Your Life. Uh, and uh, we love to hear from you, 347-308-8478. And um, have you, have, you know, you've been doing this work for a long time, Joe. Uh, and do you think there's a distinction uh, culturally? And I'm, I'm only going to talk about sort of the USA because pretty much, you know, travel planet is as far as I get getting out of here. As much as I, <laughs> but um, do you think there's this distinction, and and has it even changed in people who actually take the time to examine, not just have emotions? Plenty of people on TV that have emotions, you know, spilling all over each other, but emotional intelligence that 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 examine emotional intelligence and the kind of issues and the kinds of things or the values maybe that I work with or talk about a lot. And just a whole other segment of society that's just, that's like, you know, I'll do that when I'm dead and gone, you know. Or, oh, yeah, I go to church once a week. And not anything wrong about that, you know. Uh, I'm, I was raised a good Catholic. I'm a bad Catholic now, but I was a good Catholic. And Yeah, I'm a bad Catholic myself, so uh, there you we, go. we're in the same Is there club. like just... Is it like just like uh, Marilyn Ferguson, the late great Marilyn Ferguson? I had the honor of talking to you about uh, the Aquarian conspiracy. Is it just like this twenty-seven percent or eighteen percent or whatever it is of of the public that's actually interested in the things that we're talking about, or that matters beyond the food drive? And there's nothing wrong with food drive. I do food drives. I'm just saying that that deeper examination about what you're doing, what are you chasing? Why you doing it? Is that gonna, you know, is that what you really want in life? Is that? Yeah. Well, what's happening? I think more people are getting aware now than ever before. So there are different, you know, when I do events or I meet people, I'm out a lot speaking and so forth. And different people are, you know, some people are in the early stages of doing the work, and some people have, like me, have been doing it a long, long time. You know, so I think, but we do have more people nowadays who have become. I think disgusted with the whole, with everything, you know, they've kind of looked at their lives and there's, you know, the baby boomers, you know, kind of saying, Hey, you know, I've kind of worked my whole life and, you know, you know, half of them lost their jobs. A lot of my friends did as they were going through the ranks and say, wow, you know, I thought I was all set. And all of a sudden I'm, you know, 47 years old and the company kicked me out and I can't get a job now. So there's a lot of that and divorce and everything else. And people are unfulfilled. So we are getting more people to, to be more aware and to look at themselves at a deeper level. There are a lot of people who will never do it because it's not what they're here to do in this lifetime, which is fine. So the idea really is your focus is on yourself and saying, okay, am I going to be willing 
and I use that word because that's the, the word, am I willing to do the work? It's, it's doing work. It's like getting in good, I always use the analogy of getting in good physical condition. It's nice, everybody wants to be in good shape, but are you willing to do the work to get there? So this is what it comes down to. When I meet people, I say, do you have to make a commitment to do the work? And I think this is where people, like you said, they'll go to the food drive or they'll do a couple of different things or go to church on Sunday. They're not actually doing anything. They're not accomplishing anything. They're just going through the motions of the society or what they grew up with or their religious beliefs, but they're not actually accomplishing anything. And when you watch people on TV yelling and screaming or whatever they're doing, they're not actually dealing with any emotion. They're just being dramatic. So this is a whole different thing. This is about saying, okay, do I want to get quiet, work on myself, look inside, really do some work, roll up my sleeves to make changes which, of course, you cannot force someone. They have to want to do it. Again, but I think more people are willing to do it now, and hopefully we are moving in a, in a higher to a higher energy and a higher vibration, which I believe we are, especially this year. Last year was a little rough, but this year I think it's going to be better. I think, I think you're right. And, and I'm, I'm an old uh, fan of astrology way back from the humanistic psychological perspective, the work of Dane Rudyard, who was very influenced by... Um, Carl Jung, actually, <laughs> and um, and I believe in that sort of the idea of of potential, like the seed in the ground that is 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 raw potential, right? And and if it comes forward, if it comes forward, if the conditions are right, that will blossom to its full potential. But just because it doesn't reach three feet and it reaches two feet doesn't mean it hasn't reached potential. You know what I'm saying? And I think I spent a lot of time in my life, Joe, um, look, uh, considering that 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 I wasn't good enough because I wasn't doing what I considered being my potential. Uh, and I, so that's the that's the other side versus the guy who sells used cars and is the best at it in the world and doesn't even think about it. Yeah, but, I think, I think you know, one of the things, yeah. When you do the work, I think that, you know, we have to look at ourselves and say, you're, you're always evolving and changing. So the, the key for this, one of the keys is acceptance. And you accept yourself as you are at all times, understanding that you're always evolving and changing. So when I look back and I could say, well, I'm much better at doing healing work or speaking now than I was 10 years ago. It doesn't mean 10 years ago I was bad at it. I just right. got better like anybody. <laughs> it's like a guitar right. player. You talk to They'll say, you know, I was good 10 years ago. Now I'm really good. It doesn't mean I was bad 10 years ago. So it, that's, I think, how right. we have to look at it. This is, you know, don't beat yourself up because you're still evolving. And you know what? A year from now or two years from now, you'll look back and say, wow, I'm much better than I was even a month yeah. ago, two days yeah, ago, I, whatever. I, I, always changing. Yeah, I remember when I thought my radio career was over, but I was still going to be doing seven years uh, nationally on Sirius Satellite, and it really blew out. And, you know, I had no idea that was coming. But spirit, and I, that's who I come from, spirit, it happened on their time. You know what I mean? It happened on life's time or my DNA or my karma's time or whatever you want. It, it, it wasn't on Scott's time. And the way it happened was no way I could have imagined it, and yet it made perfect sense when I go back and look at it, you know, that I could be exposed to training Dr. Andrew Weil and to quit eating food while you're live on the air and hang out, you know, with Deepak Chopra and Joe Nunziata and and meet all these people, and and 
and yet I'd always been doing the same work. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's not like I did some other different kind of thing that was suddenly some other form of radio. It was the same stuff I scratched off when I started, but I was like, ooh, well, ooh, ah, ooh. You know, but I was still doing it. Yeah, exactly. It's like watching yeah, your you know, granddaughter it's... dance. She's not going to be the same dancer 10 years, but you're watching her now and you're saying, you're good. <laughs> that's, that's natural for you. So Absolutely. I think we underestimate, Absolutely. you know, we underestimate our own uh, abilities and probably overestimate other people's. <laughs> that's that goes for sure. That goes without saying. <laughs> that is the voice of a wise man, Joe Nunziata. My guest this, tonight is "Chasing Your Life" is his new book. We have a caller. I've got to grab these puppies while I can, <laughs> regardless if they mm-hmm. just want to harass me. I never know. It's eight oh four area code. And it's Scott Cluthy live in the Love Cafe. Who's this? Hey, uh, Scott. It's uh, Hugh Charlson. How are you? <laughs> How are you? I'm doing terrific, changing the world from my dining room table. That's how I handle it. <laughs> well, that's funny because I'm sitting at a bridge table, but that's another story. Well, but I, we all I have thank you for unlimited... calling it, Hugh. <laughs> yes, we all well, have thank... unlimited creativity, but people aren't opening to the spiritual part of it, they're too focused on the material world. And in interviews, I love putting it out there. I said, if you had a choice to make instantly, which would you rather be, an embittered paraplegic billionaire or a happy person with all your basic needs met that is healthy? And some people might jump on the billionaire right away, but after a couple of days, I think they'd regret it. But it's unfortunate that <laughs> people, they just, uh, they want to blame, and they've been manipulated. I was one of those also raised in the Catholic Church, and I, when I look back over how all these things manipulate us in our lives, the government, the church, the big businesses, and <laughs> it's, uh-huh. it's ridiculous, but we, we can change, and uh, I was curious to know, too, how uh, uh, when Joe's father was on the uh, police force, because I'm from New York and uh, have some interesting mm-hmm. things, so I wanted to speak with him about sometime. Yes, I'm sorry, what was the question? Uh, when was your father active on the New York City police force? Uh, he got in in the late 50s until 1972. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, actually... Uh, one of my stepmothers was married in the Gracie Mansion by Rudy Giuliani when he was mayor. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Wow. Because that was that was That's way after. <laughs> yeah, that was after him. But I, uh, yeah. I, I actually worked with one of the top homicide uh, detectives from New York City when I was a contract security officer at Union Carbide's World Headquarters. I was there during the gas leak in Bhopal, India. So I've had a lot of very interesting experiences. Wow. Yeah, in fact, Joe's dad was on the force during the time that the the detectives involved in the French Connection were on the force, right, Joe? Wow. Yeah, that's quite something. Yeah, and he was actually I call that uh, Martin Scorsese ex- time. <laughs> yeah, really. He was a, he was actually in the movie at the end. He him and a bunch of his conference were at the scene at the end where they had the warehouse shootout. They were all uh, in it. So that was kind of his his claim to fame in the movie world. Well, well, I love the work that more you're doing, and again, uh, people need to hear and understand that uh, we can't shift things. We don't have to be jerked around by 
uh, global elites anymore. We have the technologies to reverse things, but mm -hmm. that's a personal choice, and I hope more people will make the right choice. Oh, uh, thank you, you. Thank you for sharing those thoughts. Yeah, I, I just want to interject real quick, too. I'm 73, and I was laughing because of what happened over in Hawaii the other day and how upset people were, and I couldn't believe that they were even sticking their kids down manholes or whatever because of the, the missile coming or whatever. But, uh, uh, yeah, we we were taught to get under the school desks and stuff. I mean, yeah. now I just want to get Duck right under cover. it. I don't, I'm Duck sorry? and cover. Duck yeah, and right. cover. But, yeah, uh, I know. I was there too. Uh, <laughs> if it's why, why can't people just sit out and ask God to reverse it and send it back where it came from? I guess that's uh, asking too much. Well, <laughs> that's a little Star Wars for right now. <laughs> but it turned out to be a broadcaster, of course. <laughs> Did it? Yeah, that, thank you for taking my call. Let you continue. Thank you. Thank you. It's uh, it's great to hear you, Hugh. Thank you for calling in. Right. Yeah, I hadn't heard Hugh in years. That's cool. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and back to your papo, um, he, uh, his chasing of life was his own undoing, wasn't it? I mean, it's not a new story. No, I mean, for him, like I said, I, I used the story because it was the story that motivated me to write the book, and it, it, I wanted to give a context to the to what was what we're doing. So people are able to say, okay, by looking at this and reading this story as it transpired, you're able to see how it progressed and where it took the person as they move forward. So that, that's kind of something also for us as we're chasing. You know, it might start off as a little thing. Well, I'm just kind of doing this or I'm going after this or I'm trying to get this. And then little by little by little, it kind of overtakes your life. And I think people – by the time they get to that point, it's almost like I actually have a chapter, which is I'm in too deep now. And that was kind of, I think, what happened with him. He got to the point. It's almost <laughs> right. like I'm so far into it. Now I, now I don't know. But I don't know how I got here. <laughs> it was almost like you know, I started off a right. like a little bit, and it kind of took over. So this is one of the things for people. You know, I talk to people all the time, and you know, whether they don't like their jobs or their marriages or whatever they're doing, it's almost like they feel like I'm, in t I'm too deep. I'm so far into it now. What do I do? And there are right. always changes that can be made. But I think people, by that time, they just feel like, I don't, you know, they just they, they don't know what to do. They feel like they've been taken over by this thing. Yeah. And it's dominating every decision. It's dominating what you're doing, who you're, who you're hanging around with, and, and it takes you down a bad road. Literally dominates you. Dominates you. And I never thought about my just being dominated till uh, way back when uh, Warner was doing the S training, and and wherever people think about that, I got so much out of that those two weekends. It kind of shocked me, and uh, I was the spiritual asshole in the room, so it was perfect. Uh, but um, you know, I was thinking about what you were just sharing about how uh, you know you too you're too deep in it. I. <laughs> This is insane, but I had a home improvement company for 12 years, and I don't even know how I did that, and I don't know how I created that, and I sure as hell don't know why I stayed in it so long. But I do know one of the things, and I think this is a lesson learned, uh, sharing for those who might have ears to hear, just like you were saying, Joe, that 12 years into this, I was con this is ridiculous now looking at it, but I was concerned that if I stopped my company, 
what with all these customers? What if they need repairs or they need what? You know, I had thousands, thousands of homes we had put roofs on under my name and all these other things. I had one call in two years <laughs> on a repair. One call, which only drives me about how I am about the quality of what I do. And the guys, you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. Yeah, which also drove why the the cobbler has no shoes. He's spending it all making shoes for you. <laughs> of course, that, that's always the story, right? And, yeah, and this yeah. is kind of like I I always think of about myself. People say, you know, I say I have to heal myself more than anybody else, and yeah. it's something exactly. I don't want to be the cobbler who has no shoes because I realize that I have to do the work on myself first. It's like put the oxygen mask on first because my ability to remain in a good energy is critical for me to do good work. So this is also something that we have to be aware of as we're going forward to say, am I taking care of myself? Have I, have I put so much of myself into this accomplishment or whatever, or whatever it is that I'm trying to do that I've, I've kind of demolished all aspects of my life, including myself and my own physical and emotional health and mental health. So these are things that we want to be, you know, fiercely aware of because I think one of the problems that we have is we, we don't stop our, for ourselves and say, I have to really focus a lot of attention on myself because we learn that that's selfish and that's being a bad person. So, again, you have to shift all these paradigms that everybody's carrying in order to move yourself into a different energy and then move to this self-love. So all of those types of things, I'm doing something for myself, I'm selfish, move me away from the self-love that I'm trying to move myself to. <laughs> And there are many of those hurdles to, to jump over before we get to the place where we can really feel good about ourselves. That's really the kind of paradoxical twist we give ourselves. And, you know, I think about people because I've worked a lot with seniors lately and working with my lovely wife, Faye, and some other senior work I do. I work with Laura Wayman, who's the Dementia Whisperer. She's the national trainer for Comfort Keepers. And we produce a, a show, a live show on dementia. And so I've been around a lot a lot. And one of the things you notice, though, about seniors is they're not—they're able to take focus back on what they want because they realize if they don't do it now. You know, one's a good yeah, time, time to have my yeah, exactly. have my version of this reality, right? Yeah, and exactly. So they're that you don't have right that now, t- yeah. right. So you don't have that one word, which is the one I do not want, besides rosebud. <laughs> Is my last mm-hmm. one, which is regret over what yeah, I know, did I or did not about do. That. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Regret. Funny. I used to talk about regrets and disappointments, and I said, you know, I don't care if I die with a lot of disappointment because that means I did stuff. I don't want to die with the regrets. I said disappointments I can handle. At least I went out there right. and did it. So um, it gives, it's a different feeling for people, and I think people now are saying, you know, if I don't do it now – when when will I do it? And you know, it, it's one right. of those things. Especially, you know, you're never too old. I mean, people, it, there's no age. So I'm too old to start doing this now. And we have a lot of people who come to sessions who are, you know, in their 70s, and some people even in their 80s who are who are just learning this work. And I I just I, they're so courageous at that age and and have such spunk yeah. to want to learn that at this time. And of course, in the Indian culture. Just when you should be getting your gold card to the top floor office in the United States, i.e. the late 40s, early 50s, at least traditionally, it was that was the time for the male to go on a spiritual sojourn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Interesting. <laughs> yeah, really. Joe, tell us about the website, your website, where they can find the book and what's going on in the world of uh, Joe Nunziata uh, that we can connect with through uh, all your good works, whether it's seminars and so on, before we take a short break here, okay? Yeah, well, actually, you can go. I, I created also an audio preview for the book as well, so you can go to chasingyourlife.net and get an audio preview plus get the book there. And I will be doing a webinar tomorrow night, as it turns out, uh, about changing your energy, and they can get to that one and register for free at free lifeschool.com so it's chasingyournet.com or freelifeschool.com freelifeschool.com sounds good Joe I I love talking to you because it just reaffirms who I am so thanks for that that gift would you? thank you thank you thank you so much I I will receive it right on uh, give us a call, and yes, I do say right on. And, and when and when my kids or grandkids say, "Oh, what do you?" I say, "Yes." So right on, right on, right on, more right on. Yeah, that's right on. <laughs> because I can. The call-in line is three four seven three zero eight eighty four seventy eight. Live in the Love Cafe, with your host Scott Cluthy, and we'll be back with more of. Uh, Joe Nunziata and Chasing Your Life. After this reminder, uh, maybe you want to join me on your broadcasting world tour. This is Scott Cluthy. We'll be right back with more from the Love Cafe. Don't forget our call in line 347 308 8478. And visit the Love Cafe on Facebook. Just look for Scott Cluthy's Love Cafe. We'll be right back. Hi, Scott Pluthy, host and producer of Love Cafe Radio and Love Cafe Video and other media as well. Glad you're listening tonight. Have you ever thought about hosting your own radio show? Well, as a graduate of Coach University and a professional broadcaster over 30 years, I can guide you to your dreams of having your own talk show that sounds professional and is professional. Every aspect of your show, from the scripting to the concept to the execution, you'll be a professional in broadcasting after working with me, either on a monthly basis for long-term or short-term, to increase or improve your abilities as a broadcaster and do better programming, attract a larger audience, and even more quality guests because of the quality and professionalism of your broadcasting. I'd like to help you. Give me a call, 832 846 5270 or write to me at scott at lovecafehouston.com and let's have a conversation about you becoming the potential radio star that's there within you today. Thanks. Welcome back to the Love Cafe with Scott Cluthy. Our call in line 347-308-8478 for tonight's guest. Glad to have you in the Love Cafe. Now, Scott Cluthy and the Love Cafe. Yes, here live with Joe Annunziata, best-selling author, spiritual life and business coach, professional speaker, and so much more since 1992. And Joe does, yes, he reads your energy if you want to touch into the more intuitive side of life, because you know I always do. That's really, I had to give it up and say, Scott, you're pretty much a psychedelic guy, and that's just the way it uh-huh. is. <laughs> Stop fighting it. 
no matter where I was at any time. But the call-in line is always the same, 347-308-8478. We're discussing Joe's new book, Chasing Your Life. And uh, he wraps the intriguing, really, story of his father, who was a New York City narcotics officer. He went undercover. You know, things get a little sideways sometimes, and they did for him. Uh, and so there's some le- deep lessons in there and also for, you know, how that affected Joe. And, and you know, a, a great storyteller like Joe, a, a great story, we place ourselves in the story because we can relate to it. Doesn't matter the gender, doesn't matter the place, time, whatever. We find the humanity in it. And in the case of Joe in particular, uh, he finds and shares something that I think is so important, and that's uh, the emotional intelligence in it. And uh, one of the things uh, I'd like you to touch on, Joe, because I know this one really well, um, uh, and, and it has to do with I'm so close. I'm so close to my goal that I can taste it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, you know, we, I always think of that. That's one of those things where you got, it's like, the, it was funny because when I was in my early 20s, I worked for, I worked at a nightclub in New York. I was a, a bartender and then became a nightclub manager for this guy. And the guy was a degenerate gambler, ended up losing two restaurants gambling. And it was one of those, yeah. you know, I would watch this guy come back and talk, you know, and every once in a while he would have a big win. And he would have this, oh, I was doing this and I was doing that. And he was all excited and what he was doing. And then, obviously, little by little, he lost everything. But it was always like, yeah, I was right there. I was so close. I, I just missed it by an inch. And the next time. So it's kind of that, you know, the carrot at the end of the stick story, right? I'm just like, ah, if I could just, you know, so there's that part of it, too. And that's a tricky piece of the puzzle sometimes because, you know, we do – there are certain times that things do take time to create, and we, we want to keep moving forward, But the question I always ask people is to say, how are you feeling as you're doing this? So the idea behind it is to say, you know, how am I actually feeling? It's one thing to say, hey, I'm determined that I want to do this and I feel good about it. It's another thing to be obsessed or or in deranged in some way to be saying, I need, you know, I'm going to go like I'm going to go gamble and win all this money. And next time I won't make that mistake. And I know where, where I'm in a whole different state. So it's important for people to really be able to monitor how they feel emotionally and say, okay, where am I at here? Has this, has this thing, as we said earlier, has this thing taken over or am I still in a good place and I'm just moving forward? Because obviously yeah. nobody wants to just sit home all day and say, I'm just, you know, people say to me, what am I, you're telling me not to chase. What am I supposed to do, sit around and just meditate? I said, I'm not telling you not to do anything, but I'm telling you to be aware of how you feel as you're doing it. That's really the difference. And, and in that too, Joe, and this is really important. Uh, how? What would you tell people? Because this book is filled, by the way, folks, every chapter, great lessons, great pieces to think and work with. I mean, you know, it could take you a long time to get through this book if you start to get honest with yourself or you're at that point where you really want to open the doors open to yourself. Uh, but at what point and, and, and what's, what would you share about making sure that when you talk about emotional intelligence and your emotional viability for wanting what you're doing to make sure you're not wanting it because somebody else wants you to want it. I'm still shocked. I'm shocked how often in the world that people are doing things because somebody else told them they should, their father did it, or they thought that's what they were supposed to do, 
or they read somewhere that that was a way to make a living. And sometimes it works out, but a lot of times it doesn't, and you're chasing your life. But it's not really your life you're chasing, is it? Well, because understand, there's a tremendous desire to seek approval from your parents, starting with your parents. So when your parents don't give you approval, it sets the tone for your life to not to be receive disapproval because that's what you learned. Now you got trapped in this idea that I need to do something to get approval to get kind of the stamp that I'm okay. And again, I got trapped in this cycle. And most people, because they're so emotionally disconnected, they don't even know that. They just kind of and, you know, and I talk to people who get really angry when I'll see someone else say, well. You know, my father was an accountant, and I became an accountant. I said, well, is that why you did it? No, no, no. And they get really riled, which I know that obviously I hit on something. But yeah. I'm saying, did you think about, you know, what you were doing, or did you just kind of – I mean, when I was younger, I didn't think about it. I was like I, – I was driving a truck, and then somebody said, oh, you could buy a route. And I said, oh, I'll do that. I wasn't – I didn't sit back and say, do I really want to do that? I just did it. And then I went to the next thing. Went to, I wasn't sitting back and saying, okay, contemplating my life. And thinking about what I really wanted to do, most of us did not grow up in an environment. You know, I grew up in an Italian household. This was not like there was no thinking about your feelings and sitting there and saying, "What do you really want to do?" So it was go out, make money, and shut up. You know, that was what we, it was like. Go pizza, out, make a, yeah, go out, make make a living, and don't make a big deal out of it. Don't complain, and I don't want to hear any problems, and just go do what you have to do. So right. Yeah, people don't understand how dramatic that type of thing is as a child and how that impacts you as you move forward because you're still holding that same energy. I meet people all the time, and I call it – I'm going to talk about this on my session tomorrow. And uh-huh. I say we all have what I call an emotional operating system that we have not upgraded since we were five years old. And that's the problem. And I, I use the example of your cell phone or your computer. Upgrades are constantly coming, and you would never miss the upgrade. But in your own emotional life, you have done no upgrades. And you're operating emotionally with the damaged emotions of a child, and you're still doing that now at 30, 40, 50, 60 years old. You, never, yes. you need to upgrade your emotional operating system to go forward. That you know that everything you say then leads me to to other places we can go because there's just it's all just the field. This is the field of of uh, the mind. I don't mean a minefield, no, folks. <laughs> the field, the, the inner landscape, if you will, and uh, that's so important. By the way, programming note: one week from tonight, live with me, another one of my favorite guests. Uh, it's the ultimate job search guide, speaking of what you're doing. It's, he's the best. This guy is the best uh, to talk to and to advise, to think about. Martin Yates, you know, knock him dead. Yeah, that guy, 18 years in a row, knock him dead. This is knock him dead, uh, the ultimate job search, completely updated. But I don't, we don't want to talk about that too much when I get Martin Yate on. But he's on live for an hour next Tuesday, and he'll have, boy, if you're wondering if, you know, they say, you know, if you don't know where you're going, you'll get there. He'll help you with laser focus on on if you need the tools to find something you want to pursue and and, and then how to do it efficiently. You know, if you're going to do it, find out if that's what you want. But he is a hoot. He's really fun and very, very authentic. He's been doing this so long, he just doesn't give a damn anymore. 
let's t- let's talk about karma. Karma, that um, that interesting word that was uh, used a lot. You know, that's just karma, man. But what? Why should we be aware of karma? Where does that fall in in your cosmos of things you think about? I think about. I know, Joe. There are things that that I've had thoughts or going to do things and didn't do it because I knew that the result there would be maybe not right there, but there would be that life has a way of circling back. And I see it all the time with people who have done things to me. This is my Shih Tzu down there digging a hole. He's he's digging a hole. Uh, rescue dog, beautiful dog, right, Max? Are you comfortable yet? Good. <laughs> but that that have done things that I, I knew weren't right or appropriate, and they seem to, I don't want to say they get to come up, but, it's, but the universe has a way of, of balancing things out in a lot of ways. I really I really believe that, and it, sometimes it's like instant karma, like John Lennon said. Yeah, the, you know, karma is an interesting thing. I wrote a book about it called Karma Buster, which was about breaking your karmic cycles. So karma, to me, as I did a lot of work on it, was really about, I mean, there is an element of you reap what you sow to it, but there's a lot more to it. Really, your karmic journey is your emotional journey here in the physical world. So you came to have an emotional journey. Your karma is tied to that emotional journey, which is why you select parents and you make your decisions of the kind of life you're going to have so you can have this experience that you want to have here. So that's part of the journey for us as far as me understanding that I'm here to have an emotional experience. And in order to have an emotional experience, I have to have positive and negative experiences because without negative, there is no positive and vice versa. So one of the things we want people to understand is you came to have experiences that are on both sides of the coin, and you want to accept that that's part of your journey. The key for us is if we want to move forward is what we call getting off the karmic wheel, which means if I continue to hold on to the same old emotions, feelings, and beliefs, I'll just keep recreating the same thing. Basically, we say you know, you're, you're creating the future based on the past. So if you want to create a different future, you have to deal with your emotional issues and get off that wheel and then start to create, you have start to have different energy and start to create different things. So it's a very interesting part of life, but it's part of what we came to do. So it, accepting all elements is a good way to start. What about, um, what about setting goals? Uh, setting goals uh, and deadlines for yourself. Some people feel that if they don't lay out a complete template, they'll never get that accomplished or someone might say, well, they didn't, you know, have a game plan. You know, they didn't, didn't have a master plan to get what they wanted. That's why they didn't get it. Um, Well, the bottom line is when we look at these things, I think I tell you the problem I have with all this stuff. If you want to set goals, that's great. And if it helps you focus, that's great. The, The thing is we start to look at them as absolutes which there are no, there are millions of people who never had a goal, never had a plan, never had anything, and were wildly successful doing something they never thought they would do. So they didn't have a plan, they didn't have a goal, they, didn't, they just, it just happened. It's true. So, right, so if, it was tr- if you needed it, see, the, the thing that's interesting about this for me, all these external things, there's nothing wrong with it. If you want to do it and it helps you, that's great. But the idea that you need to have it is where people get in trouble. 
And I was a big yeah. goal setting affirmation vision board, did all that stuff. Never worked for me. Really? So it just really? it just didn't work because my energy, because I'm doing all. See, to me, what ended up happening was it was all external stuff. Like, oh yeah, I, I want a car. I want this. I want to be successful. I want to be. But it was all what I want. It was all me saying I want this, and it was the wrong approach. Instead of saying I want to create something, which is what I do now. Because that's what I'm here to do. I'm here to create something based on how I feel so I can share it. That's a whole different approach than I want this and I'm going to set a goal to get it. There's nothing wrong with that. To me, it didn't work. And doing the work at a deeper level, it was almost like it was, it was irrelevant. It almost became that relevant. It was almost like I'm just going to keep moving forward, doing what I do, and allow the universe to take me wherever I'm supposed to go. I don't need all that stuff. Now, if, if, if you, know, you want to do it, you, you know, it's fine. Yeah. And again, I, I don't say... Do it or don't do it, but I'm, from my own personal experience, it was very limited in, in what it was. I think there's a doorway or something that we pass through in our personal development, in our evolution, if you will, where we it's a new set of rules. I don't mean like better rules. It's just a different operating system. You're talking about operating systems? And I know for me that... All the great things in my life have come out of uh, the trust and faith. And at the same time, my other side of me, my Virgo rising, has said, "No, you got to figure. You know, you got to do. You know, you can't. You can't surrender. You've got to." And then finally, I learned cooperative surrendering, which is to state what I wanted, to get clear on what would I feel would be. And let it go and let it show up. Let it literally manifest through signs and omens. Thank you, folks. Yes, synchronicity. Carl Jung, that's mm-hmm. exactly where I come from. Yeah, and I actually do an exercise. One of the things I do in some of my workshops, I call it a serendipity list. And I say, write down all the good things that uh-huh. happened in your life. And then when people do it, I say, how many of those things did you really plan out? Or how many of them just kind of happened? And people will be like, right. wow, you know. This just happened, this just happened, this just happened. So it just shows you when you're in a nice flow, all these things can happen. So the idea really is for us is to say, I just want to stay in a good flow of energy and make sure I'm doing things that are aligned with my highest and greatest good and aligned with things that make me feel good. I'm getting around people who make me feel good. I'm you know, doing work that makes me feel good. And obviously we all have our moments where we do things that we don't like because it's part of life. But, you know, bottom line is, you know, where, if I spend most of my time in a good flow of energy, good things are going to happen. I don't have to stress about it. And I think that's what ends, what ends up actually happening is pe- people have these goals and they've stressed themselves out so much that stress creates actually negative energy, which repels what they're looking to, what they're trying to get. So, in many cases, the goal setting, or the, especially the people who are very rigid with it, it, it creates a lot of stress for them, and then it moves them into a lower vibration and starts pu- actually pushing it away from them. So you have to be very careful because, again, everything will go back to your emotions at the end of the day. Are we, uh, you know, we were uh, kind of mentioned at the beginning of the show that we were moving that this year uh, – this year is sort of a, a, a it, it, it's kind of a big swinging open door, and I was talking about I I really believe this is uh, the this this is the the transition into what's called the Aquarian Age, uh, whatever, folks. But anyway, 
energetically and spiritually, Joe, that you know you work with these things as part of who yeah. you are. What's the message for us in 2018 along those lines from what you feel as far as, you know, what where's the opportunity for us? What should we look to for our anchor, for our, our, our purpose, our intention? How do we do that? Well, basically, it's interesting. It's funny because I'm an Aquarian, so I'm excited about the Aquarian age. So, well, so uh, am I. Of course, <laughs> just as a side, obviously, there you go. So the bottom line is, I think 2017, when we look at that year, I knew going into it, and many of my friends who do this work, we knew that that was going to be a year of big transition, a lot of energy coming in, a lot of disruption. We had a lot of natural disasters, obviously Trump winning, all these different things that happened, created all this. Now we have all this Me Too movements and all these things coming out, these iconic figures going down every single day. That's happening every day. So yes. all this disruption, change, the, the end of old regimes, the end of, of the way we used to do things. And this is only the beginning of that. I think we're going to see that more and more. And I think we're going to see it in religion. We're going to see it in financial. We're going to see it in across the board. We're already seeing it in politics. We're seeing it in the broadcasting world. We're seeing it in entertainment. Sports. Sports. We're seeing it across the board. So I think we're going to see more of this change and transition. And right now, mm-hmm. for us who are looking to elevate, the key is going to be letting go of old attachments and old beliefs that are holding me back. So if you're holding on to something because you have guilt or you have fear or you're just holding on to people, you're holding on to certain things, this is the time to say I have to have faith and I have to have the trust that if I go in my direction and let go of all this, these, this baggage or maybe to a degree your safety net, that's going to be the key for you to really evolve and go where you want to go. And it's a good time to, for some self-examination. And to look at yourself and say, what am I holding on to? What am I afraid to do? What kind of people, what am, who am I surrounding? My Really time for a really serious inventory. And then to, to kind of cut loose. And then not just people or jobs or whatever, but emotionally letting go of a lot of these things that you've been carrying for a long time. That's going to be a big part of moving forward this year. Um, you talk in uh... – uh, chapter 16 about moving into creation mode to 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 access to be the creator co-creator creation uh you have to have a a, a a kind of a clean emotional slate don't you not to end up sort of re you know what i mean dragging looking in the rearview mirror driving into the future yeah, because if, if you're holding on to a lot of old stuff, you're not going to be able to bring yourself where you want to go. So so that, of course, creates an obstacle for you. to. It's almost like saying, I, I'm, I want to expand, but I, I want to keep the, it's a, you know, It comes down to, it's kind of like saying, you have to pick door number one or door number two. You can't pick both. <laughs> and I think people no? get caught up. You know, it's like, let's make a deal. Door number one, door number two. You have to pick the door that you're going to walk through. And then understanding, and one of the keys that when I work with people, which is critical and I say, when you choose door number one and you start to elevate, there are things that there are going to be repercussions. You're going to go through some emotional issues. You're going to lose people. There are going to be problems. There are going to be some transitional bumps in the road here. And I want people to be prepared for that because that's part of your expansion. Anything you do in life that expands you is, is going to create disruption in the beginning. So it's something to be ready for, not to say, oh, I'm going to go float away and everything's going to be great. 
That's not going to happen. You're, you're going to go through emotional issues as you make this transition to your higher self because you're letting go of your old identity. You're letting go of people you knew your whole life, your family. And that, when I say letting go, I don't mean you're never seeing them again, but you're energetically shifting to a place that's so different that they will become different figures. You're not going to be able to maintain that same connection because you're just in different energy and it's just not going to work. So this is where people struggle. They're holding on to the old, like you said, the religious, the Catholic, whatever beliefs they had growing up or the family or the ideals. And these are things that slow people down. So you have to be in your truth and move forward and understand that, okay, you know, if I'm, if I'm willing to go down this road, I have to be, you know, ready to let go of everything and move forward. I'm not saying you have to, but you have to be willing to. You're listening to the voice of my wonderful guest this evening. It's so great to spend this time with him here in the Love Cafe, Joe Nunziata. That's N-U-N-Z-I-A-T-A. It's almost as hard to spell as Cluthy. Um, <laughs> really? You always want to put an I in there. <laughs> Chasing <laughs> Your Life. That's his new book. And, uh, uh, you know, go out and get a copy of it and follow the program because he's been through there, done that, and uh, is leading and also joining and walking with you, just as I feel that. That's why I really uh, appreciate having him on the show. I feel like I'm um, you know, with a, a compatriot and uh, a brother instead of someone who's trying to teach something, uh, because I know the truth in what he's saying. Uh, and what will people... Uh, why would people be picking up uh, a copy of Chasing Your Life? Well, obviously on Amazon and all the major book outlets, but if you want to get a free audio preview, they can go to ChasingYourLife.net and uh, get the book there as well and also get an audio preview. So they can go there, get a little extra bonus, and uh, and then pick up the book as well. Now, why? Why would people pick up a copy of Chasing Your Life? Well, the bottom line is this. If you want to move away from stress and if you want to understand your life in a very different way and you want to become more peaceful and happier and just more fulfilled and move yourself off the wheel of struggle and stress, then that's why you want to get it. If you don't want to do any of those things, then you shouldn't get it. <laughs> you should eat more potato chips. That's right. You should just keep, yeah, keep it hang out at Dunkin' Donuts and you'll be all set. That's great. Joe, thank you for joining me tonight in the Love Cafe. As always, it's really great to be with you. Thank you so much, Scott. I always appreciate it. All right. Keep on doing the good work so you can keep reminding me of myself of who I am. Okay. Will do. Thanks to all the listeners out there. And don't forget, a week from tonight, uh, Martin Yate Live, the ultimate job search guide from Knock 'em Dead. Uh, look for... Uh, Video interviews coming up on Love Cafe on Facebook. Join me on the Facebook Love Cafe group, please. And uh, Friday, a live show with Laura Wayman, and uh, we'll be talking dementia coast to coast at 6 o'clock Central, 7 Eastern, 4 o'clock Pacific. That'll also be on Blog Talk Radio. Till then, ciao, ciao, and have a great evening. Thanks for joining me in the Love Cafe community. Don't forget, join us on Facebook at Scott Cluthy's Love Cafe and sign up for the newsletter. Till next time, 
This is Scott Pluthy. Thanks again for stopping by the Love Cafe.